Sopik? Snap. Good morning. And hey. well, hey. Keeping it simple. Simple, stupid, do not overthink about it. That's what we're talking about today on Morning Minutes with myself, Michael Berger, Mark Novak, and special guest, Lee Woodward, one of Australia's leading real estate coaches, mentors, business people. Lee, welcome. Thank you very much. Well, Great to be here. Lee, and Lee Woodward is not only uh, in, in, in the golden years, the best real estate agent in the country, one of the best real estate agents in the country, but Lee Woodward has been training real estate agents, salespeople for, very successfully for the last 20 years. And it's a pleasure to have you on the show, buddy. Thank you. Good to be here. And nice, the, so, nice social distancing. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. There's your meter and a half. Not short. It's because of the social distancing, not because we're short. <laughs> it's a camera angle. <laughs> That's why Lee's sitting back one and a half meters, guys. But anyway, let's talk, Lee. So let's rip it in. So Lee, keeping it simple, we were talking off air previously about agents overcomplicating it. Where, where do you see that happen a lot? Prospecting, listing, like what, what do you see out life. there? Life, COVID, life, everything. Everything, this applies to everything, I reckon. Yes. I think people approach things and go too wide. Uh, they try to do 50 things at once and we've no dedicated focus to getting something complete. And no matter who we are, what we do, it's only about five key things you can take on at any given time and be effective on. But going too wide would be my first point. And quite often when I'm speaking, I'll say, simple is difficult. Everyone is overcomplicating everything. And even if we look at the situation we're in right now, which everyone is talking about and living through, or if you're in the sales profession, selling is simply a transference of feelings. And next to a communications plan, how will you communicate? How will you reach out? How will you connect? That's as simple as it can be. Now, complicating that would be, I'm going to have 50,000 emails go to everyone. I'm going to do all my text messages versus if you just sat down and looked at your established client list and think, who should I communicate? Who should I connect with? What is my message? How will I get that out? That would be a simple thought of the day. But see that through for that day before your next big project comes through. So first tip for me is don't go too wide. You know, today I will achieve, my focus today is, becomes a very important part of living your life in daytime compartments. And making it so you can achieve those goals and focus as well. So instead of saying you're gonna do, so probably more realistic goals that you can achieve rather than trying to talk yourself up and say you're gonna do so much and you never complete it. So start small, complete it, and then move on. Because as we know, you can always add you can always add tasks to the day and you feel a lot better for it rather than setting 30 tasks unrealistic and then you don't complete them. Yeah, and so hard early. Yep. It's great to say I'm going to get all this stuff done by one o'clock and let the afternoon have a breathe into the afternoon works very, very well. Mark, your thoughts? Look, I know like, I've met, met some fabulously successful people um, that I've heard about my whole life. And then when you get to know the person, I'm always struck by how simple they are. Um, I almost feel like, um, like the, the, that, the, the, does that mind match, match that, um, 
that persona and that personality because that's not what I imagined from the outside in. And that simpleness of, of the person that, that we know we were talking about this morning, um, I'll, allow me to give you an example. Um, Michael, I was chatting with you about, um, we were talking about buying a particularly good investment versus another investment. And Michael was like, hang on a sec, that's, that's not a good investment. And I was like, you know what? Sometimes we know too much. Sometimes we, 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 we overread and, and overread the play and then we overcomplicate the play. And then we actually, a lot of people never actually end up doing anything. So do you remember that conversation we had, Michael? Yeah, 100%. And I think buyers do it a lot of the time. Um, and maybe Lee can help us help them with some dialogue where we all know the, the buyer that just spends six months or every minute looking at all the data, what's all this. Don't get me wrong. We definitely, I definitely agree with doing your due diligence on a purchase and an asset class. But yeah. you, you get those people that overthink everything, analyze so much that they're looking at so many numbers and data, they don't know what's what. And they're jumping from looking at a retail shop to a residential uh, unit and they're just not comparing apples to oranges. They get probably a bit too confused and they never end up buying something because they can't come to that conclusion in their head where we've done many segments before, Mark, where it's like any buy 10 years ago is a good buy. There are no bad buys as long as you bought. Yeah. And is not buying. So Lee, yeah. what's message to agents helping buyers who just overcomplicate it? And I'm sure there's a personality class for that person. And if you're a buyer out there and you are this person, what advice can you give Lee? I used to work in this very area, as you all know and you would have a purchaser in your car and you'd show them a couple of properties. And we used to call that central locking selling, that you would have them captured. And you go around looking at a lot of properties. I love that. And people would say, oh, not that one, not this one, not that one. And then the killer line would come out is, I'll know it when I see it, I'll feel it. And then I'd say, okay, well, let's forget the ones I've shown you. I'm just gonna drive around these same streets and I want you to pick one that you love just any house in any street, but tell me the one you love. And we'd be going up Fuller Street and 103 Fuller Street where the gates would be there and they go, that one. Mm. And I go, okay, no wonder we've got a problem. Mm. That is 300,000 above our range right now. And I think that's your second or third piece of real estate. Whereas I think we should go back through the ones we've looked at and make a good real estate decision. You're putting too much pressure on yourself. Mm. Your, your expectations are out of the range of your thinking or, or, or the money you, you've got available right now. I think a home like that second or third would be amazing. Oh, but my uncle said only buy a home in. Okay. Quite often when people buy, they've got too many voices. Yes. And everybody wants Particularly the now. Particularly now. Very much so. Everyone's got the mate. Everyone's got my friend in the know. My friend this, this person said this. What? Yeah. Luke um, Maroney's on always. He's got a saying. What's that, Luke? Uh, saying at a barbecue, Eddie's mate or Eddie. He's got something, but it just says that everyone's got that voice. Um, so what's the best way to over overcome it, Luke? Well, or to communicate with the purchaser. And remember, the purchaser needs guidance. Yes. Because they've got so many voices. Example. Great young couple come out to find their first home and first homes are first homes. As you walk through that, you speed up as you walk through. Mm. They're going downhill. And that's because all the footings have settled and so forth. 
And then Bob, the uncle builder, says he's going to come and do a building inspection on it. And mum and dad are going to be there as well. And you're like, okay, well, let's discuss what's going to happen. Bob's going to walk in, rip it all apart, say it's all falling through the roof. The roof needs replacing. All the piers need redoing. And then I'm going to ask Bob, what was your first home like? Oh, we had no running water, no floors. Well, this is amazing, isn't it, Bob? We got floors, running water. So before their first property. Yeah. So just so before the meeting with the big group, you're you're setting the tone and probably setting what that person's gonna say about the property because that's what they're there to do. It's almost like when a contract goes to a lawyer, their job's to pick up every sort of thing wrong or every 50-50 scenario. So don't expect, like, just sort of preempt it. I think that's big. That's really big, okay? And a great question to ask people is, have you ever seen a building before? No, but we'll need to get one. And I, I used to have one in my glove box and say, oh, just open the glove box, grab that one. And they'd flick through the red brick and tile with the shower trays need redoing, the roof's knackered, the piers are basically holding in. They go, oh my God, that one's terrible. And I go, that's the house I bought. Yeah. And they go, oh, well, that's what they look like. That's what a 60-year-old home reads like. So yeah, whatever point. home I show you, you're going to feel it's falling apart, but it's just what it is. You're not buying a brand new home. And if you were buying a brand new home, you'd be shocked at the building report on that one as the air guns miss their mark. Well, I think it was, remember, we had uh, Opal Towers and then there was a report that went out that 96 of buildings had a defect or something along along those lines. Obviously, they vary. I've heard nothing about the Opal Towers. What happened to the Opal Towers? Back open uh, uh, six months ago. Nothing. I've, I don't believe there's been any coverage since that. I'm sure... The residents there. Love to know. That. We should we should do a research uh, on it and do a, a show on it. Um, mm. Now, Lee, I've got a question as well, and and it goes back to overcomplicating things. I know you, I, I know your um, psychology is, is a strong point in selling and, and and what you do. So I want to ask you the question. Um, and now tell me, I had a lady on the phone yesterday, uh, and this is the keeping simple stupid. Um, I had a lady on the phone yesterday, lovely lady, cash buyer, sold her house, buying a unit, a two-bedroom unit for 900000 So, you know, from seven fifty to nine hundred, you're going to get a fantastic unit in DY. She's like, you know what? It's come down probably 50 grand since I've been looking in the last three, four, four weeks. And it was, she wasn't being, she wasn't being like rude, but she, it was an honest question. And she said like, what do you reckon? What do you think? Should I like, is it going to come back any further? And should I wait? And this goes back to that keep, keep, it, simple, keep it simple, stupid. Why? What, 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 what do you think? And what would be your advice to, to someone out there that's thinking that and, and, uh, and overlaying that keep it simple, stupid philosophy? I love this question. If that lady said to me, Lee, what do you think? I'm gonna, I would say, I think you are in a window of opportunity. But you know what most people do? They wait and wait until it goes back up. The only time we know we've missed it is when I then tell you, oh, by the way, that same property we're looking at, we've got another one in that building and it's $80,000 more. So $80,000 is the waiting bill you've just paid when right now you're in the window of opportunity to secure a property at prices we haven't seen for a long period of time. 
the next move in that V curve, to use your analogy there, Mark, it's come down, it will ricochet up, and then the energy comes in, people panic, and these units will be like toilet paper. Everybody wants them, they're in demand, there's nothing left, and you'll pay that premium mm -hmm. price. So the question is, if I feel you're in the window of opportunity, what's stopping you from taking the opportunity other than wasting the opportunity? Are you gonna take the opportunity or waste it? But today's your day, what are you gonna do? Say that again, when the wind, if I feel you, say it again. The window of if opportunity. I, if I, if we I give you- the window of opportunity. So really yep. the question for you now is, do you take that window of opportunity at prices we haven't seen for a long period of time, or do you wait till I confirm it's now gone up again and you've missed the window of opportunity, but you are in the window right now. And I, I think it could be back 100, you'd be asking me the same question. It could be back 150, mm. if you're asking me the same question. It's not about the money, it's about making yeah. a decision. And yeah. it wouldn't matter how much it's come back, you're still gonna stall your decision because you're concerned yep. you're making the wrong decision. And yep. all we have in real estate is, especially here in DY, these properties were once for sale for 80 grand. And people say they'll never crack 100. Mm. Here we are today at 900. What more evidence do you want than history of how an area has performed so well through its time? But this is your well, time. The time yeah, well said. The window well opportunity said. is not just about picking when it's a lower price. The window of opportunity is when you found a property that you like, your finances approved, you're ready to go, and everything in life falls in line. Because a lot of the time, it's not just the price that uh, is what determines if you buy the properties or the other do you, things. Do you, does it, is it ever a 10 out of 10 lineup? It's never a 10 out of 10 lineup yeah. in any of those things you've just mentioned. You, you know, it is, a, you are lucky if it's an eight out of 10 lineup or a nine out of 10 lineup in anything, in any opportunity moment in life. I wanted to marry a brunette. <laughs> well, Mark, that's the same analogy as, <laughs> It's never a good time to have children. People say, we're gonna have yeah. children when we paid off the mortgage. We're gonna have children when we've been to Europe. It just yeah. happens. It's never a good time. It just happens. And it's never a 10 out of 10 liner. And it that's never why, is. And that's why with property, keep it simple. Buy when you're ready to buy. Buy when you need to buy. And don't analyze the economy and everything else. It's just keep it simple, almost simple, stupid. Just and then go through it. It's almost like Mark and Lee, when people, over, like they've got say three kids in a two better and they're just like, they have to buy, they need to and they can buy, but they're just coming up with all these external factors that stop them buying. It's like, don't overthink it, make the transition in 10, 20, 30 years, who cares what you bought for? Who well, cares? Today's dialogue, Mark, every purchaser we speak to, it's, oh hi, I'm calling about the property in Pacific Parade. Well, firstly, congratulations. Why? You are ringing in the window of opportunity, the best one we've seen in many, many years. What's got you excited about Pacific Parade? Why are you interested in that street? And yep. move straight into your buying it versus, let me tell you how many features it's got. Mm. It's really beyond the conversation is, how do we get you in there in this time of window of opportunity? That's, that's really the conversation that, that people want to talk about with a real estate agent these days. Do you know what I mean? I don't think people aren't as interested as in, I think that conversation that I had with that lady yesterday is really the core of what people want out of a real estate agent. Give us your two bob or what you think. They don't want to know about how big is the garage or this or that. They're often, it's just like, yeah. they just, 
putting the barometer up a little bit and they want to get your piece. But what I said to um, I said exactly what you said, Lee. No, just joking. Um, but I, um, one of the things I said to her was, it's been a wonderful property market the last 100 years. And I think it's going to be equally as wonderful the next 100 years. It, it's so true. And it's like, and then even now, like you look at it two years ago when we were at the peak and then we had the decline. People like, when you're at the peak, people go, oh, I wish I bought the two years prior. Then the market goes down and then some people uh, take advantage of that opportunity buy. And then a lot, then those same people go, oh no, it, it, the prices are gone, the market's bust. And then as we've seen before COVID, up 10 to 15% across the board. Then like, oh, I should have bought it last month. And then now's that time again. Like how fortunate are some people that, that we've had a quite a, a bit of up and down the last three years. But at the end of the day, you just got to make that move. How's your social distancing going? Very, very good. good. Very, very the, camera good. the camera may make it look misleading, but we're at least two metres away. But sometimes it's the angle is very short. Yeah. So very good. A great question for everyone right now is if people are having, how low do you think it's going to go? Without mentioning price, you can just say, at what, at, at how low would this property need to be in price for you to buy it today? Yes. Because it's a question that needs an answer. Oh, if I got it for 700, I go ahead. Is that your offer? Not a problem. Let me take it to the owner. <laughs> What's the next price? You as, a, as a buyer, that's a pretty that's a pretty cool thing because you've, you're you're just taking all the guesswork out of it again. You know what? If I can buy it for that, snap. Yeah. And so, okay, so we we opened up with I can't remember what was it um, agent. Keep it simple. Keep it yeah. simple. Now we're we're talking about buyers. What about sellers? How, where like, where do you see sellers or agents communication with sellers either go wrong or right especially in times like this tough times it's we're not getting we're not even we're not getting 30 people through an open home because we can't even do an open home like where it, what's imperative for an agent in times like this to be doing with their vendors again i i, I love this theme of the day if i'm speaking to mr and mrs vendor we have a great window of opportunity right now that instead of the masses coming through your home and one person buying it, we've got maybe four or five people available in the range, but we're still only looking for one person to buy it. And I think the window of opportunity is they know many owners are gonna put it on the back burner, wait mm. till the big rush comes back in. Being available right now gives you control. You can control who comes through, we can even control terms such as happy to give you all the photography, videos and photos and floor plans, agree on price subject to your physical inspection. So we can control what I call the rules of relationship of purchasing. Yep. And I think there's some great investment properties out there right now where you can say to a buyer, uh, say to the purchaser, there is no inspection on this one. We're not disturbing the tenant. We've collaborated with the tenant. They want to stay. So if you're wishing to buy the property with a great tenant, that's the window of opportunity here. It's tenanted, the people mm. are good. So the photos, you can go down to the building, walk around the building, all, all good, but we've got a premium tenant. That's the asset with this particular property. And a reason why I think you should add it to your portfolio is it's got such a good tenant. It's not just a building, it's a great property with a great tenant. Let's make, a let's make the tenant an inclusion with yeah. no inspection. Yep. And you know what the elephant in the room is? 
No. The COVID. It's a two percent. It's a two percent interest rate. Oh yeah, yeah. Like seriously, <laughs> at the at the at the end of the day, everyone that's buying, well, eighty percent of people that are buying are getting a mortgage. So let's just call it everyone. Everyone that's buying is not paying eight percent, which is what they were paying ten years and fifteen years ago. They're paying two. Yeah. Like. What if you told me that ten years ago? Snap, 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 snap. I would have. If you told me that's where the rates were going to be, oh my god, would I? You know what I mean? So, yeah. Just because we're in the moment, I don't think we can actually appreciate the moment. I think we've got to take a couple of steps back and have a look and just go. All the stuff we talked about today, the bottom, bottom line, the real simple math, the elephant that's in the room. They're 2% interest rates. They are 2% interest rates. Yeah. And Lee, where do you see, like, post-COVID, we're on the other side of the bridge, they call it. Like, we're sort of, we, I believe there's going to be a huge surge of buyers and activity because of exactly what Mark said. Where do you see that sort of the market going and what's super important for owners to do now, agents to do now for that? Or are you seeing maybe it's taper away further post-COVID? Because Lee you've, Lee, you've seen the recession yep. and you've seen the GFC. They were two extraordinarily hard markets and you've, you've, so you've seen a lot. Yeah. So yeah, I started after that big boom where anyone could get a job in real estate. Uh, my first job in real estate was to empty the ashtrays and look after the salespeople. And no. Yeah, that, that was it. Everyone was smoking in offices and doing deals with their little... <laughs> That was that was the world. Of, I think it's come a long way. But I tell you what, I do remember back then when I was allowed to actually show property, which you weren't allowed to show property straight away. All you had to do is find leads, escalate it up to the others, and find another. But when I was allowed to show property, everyone was always shocked at the deals I was putting together. They go, "Geez, Lee's doing really well." I just had no idea what they were worth, mate. So if someone said it was on for five fifty, I'd get five fifty. And they go, Lee, that's been with us four years. It's worth about 410. Well, the out of area buyer loves them. And there's something about business energy. Yeah. And you mentioned before, Mark, about knowing it all too well. Sometimes an agent knows it all too well. Wow. It's like when you list the property yeah. on the main road, Ringer Road, yeah. 211 Ringer Road. And you guys have got 180 Ringer Road. I used to order taxis to 180 because it saved you going up the loop. Under but on Ringer Road, you would, you'd list the property on Ringer Road and people go, ah, oh, but it's a main road. Have you ever driven up a main road and not seen houses on it? Do you know how many people find a main yeah. road every year? And there's certain people that love a main road. So my family lived on a main road, but with four brothers and mum and dad, and we needed a garage, living on a main road gives you a bigger house. So, and I was the youngest, so I had the front bedroom. The 169 used to rattle my windows. You go, Lee, you got the front, front room all to yourself. and go, how come? You'll work it out. You'll work it out. And I go, yeah, but I, I always lived on the main road because I had a big family and you got a bigger property. So to me, selling main roads was a skill. And, and that's, that's exactly right. The, the agents are already in their mind thinking, oh, main road, everyone's going to whinge about it. And plus, keep your mind agents. The address, the address is on the ad, so it's no surprise it's the main road. They, the buyer got there somewhere, and a lot of time it's just a bit of an off-handed, backhanded comment to just help them negotiate. Oh, it's the main road. Well, yeah, 
it, it hasn't moved. It could be a doctor's surgery. It could be a dentist's surgery. Yes. I remember I sold a property. Final story for you. A lovely old lady bought this property on Main Road. It was Pitwater Road. And she said, Lee, I'm really excited about the property. And I went, very good. What are you excited about? She goes, when I wake up in the morning and I hear the traffic, I know I'm alive. <laughs> you know you're alive here. And she goes, I also sit in the front window and watch people walk by. I don't want to be yeah. a cul-de-sac by myself. I'm very lonely and I want to watch the world. So there's many reasons why people buy on a main road. Yep. And, and the point of that was just sometimes an agent knowing too much and just overthinking it would be that. You don't know it all Yeah, well. you don't know it all. You don't know what people Keep want. Keep it simple, stupid. Yes. So when you're trying to assume that people are going to use it as a negative and then you treat it as a negative and your energy treats it as a negative, then it comes a negative. But as you said, just don't assume. It's probably the big one there. And just keep that energy going. Energy That's a take, boys. That's a take. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Luke, Emily, Brett, lots on this morning. Really appreciate it. Belinda, good to see you. Hello, Belinda. Graham, hey. hope you're well. We'll find a project for you soon. Choo choo. <laughs> All righty. Thank you, everyone. Take care, guys. Cheers, bye.